Put away your algebra homework, treat yourself to a cleansing face mask, and pick out your outfit for the school dance. Because it's time to talk tall to me. <laughs> Welcome to Talk Tall to Me. I'm Omen Said. And I'm Nick McGill. And here on Talk Tall to Me, we madly dash between the hormone surges that is the discography of Jethro Tull. Every week is a new acne breakout, odd hair sprouting, and embarrassing armpit stain. And we will all go through that together. That's right. This is a journey of discovering the body of Jethro Tull's work along with our own bodies. <laughs> and Nick, what song are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about the final song off of the second album. It's the last of the bonus tracks. It is called 17. Let's have a listen. Okay, Omen, you, you like this song, don't you? You're, you're terribly fond of this, aren't you? Well, terribly is rather a strong word, but I mean, okay, yes, so I am... you're partially fond of this song, aren't you? I'm partial to this song. I do really like it. This is one of the songs that was an Omen pump-up jam mm-hmm. in my teen years when I was... when I was doing my weird hairstyle and putting on my monochromatic... Outfits buttoned all the way up to the neck and getting ready, mustering up the courage to face another day as a weirdo in a small town in upstate New York. This was one of the songs that would pump me up for that experience, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So setting yourself up for success, clearly. Yeah. Can you explain for the listeners your weird hairdo? Well, I mean... At the time. Which one? Yeah, there there were several... The one that is occurring to me as the most strange was that I decided that I would spike up the back of my hair and flatten out the very front of my hair in an effort, and I don't know why I thought this was cool, to look like a hedgehog. So 17 is a <laughs> just skipping on over that <laughs> i don't yeah. know what to say about that omen i'm, I'm so yep. sorry no there, there, there's nothing to say and nothing, nothing and said. no one said and no one said anything to me about it in fact or about anything else this is one of your one of your pumpy jams yeah and, I, and i'll tell you why nick and i'm so glad you asked it's it's raucous i mean i can see why why it would get you going it's got a good groove to it yeah and i'm um, Musically, I do think that it captures the feeling of being in that age, in those late teenage years, where you have the greatest ability to conceptualize your future and the least ability to really act upon it. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, you're, you're at the cusp of going out into the world, but you're not out in the world 
and you have all these really big dreams and really big plans and what are those things that both of us have abandoned uh, ideals hey hey now <laughs> you know you know and everything everything is so pure in a way but at the mm-hmm. same time you you're literally stuck at your parents house maybe you can't even drive you know if you have a job it's to make a little bit of pocket money you know there's there's really yeah. very little that you can do and yet and yet you're everything feels like it's really going somewhere yeah there's a, a naivete of the world is your oyster right and it, it does not take more than a few years to to realize that you're allergic to oysters <laughs> to shellfish definitely yeah no i get that i get that i have a weird weird thing with this song this song reminds me of the opening music to the song from that 70s show. And I hated that 70s show. Therefore, by the transitive property, I guess I hate this song. Wow. <laughs> huh. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I had a better reason for you. I mean, the music isn't, it doesn't do much. It's, it's super way in left field in terms of their musical stylings. I mean, the only redemptive quality about this song is the line, we were 17 and the cake man was affecting you. Yeah. <laughs> I I do feel that, you know, this podcast is a really interesting experience because it actually makes me look at the lyrics of these yeah. songs that I've listened oh, yeah. to for my whole life. Mm-hmm. And um, this is an example of a song that I, I think is really, it sounds really good when you listen to it, but then, you know, if you listen to it, like, emotionally, but really looking at the lyrics and really, like, thinking, really actively listening to the lyrics, I think that they kind of get in their own way on this song. And I, I don't usually say that about Jethro Tull songs. And I think that's probably why it's a B-side and was never really released on a whole lot of best ofs or or even right bonus tracks or things you know right i don't think it went very high uh in the charts except for if at all the charts of our hearts and even then and even then even then not that high i do think that it's successful in capturing a feeling and and there i'm not saying the lyrics are totally worthless because I, I think that it's really interesting and i think there's something very deep that ian anderson is expressing here you know he expresses the feeling of being 17 mm-hmm. and then the kind of immediate nostalgia and regret you know as soon as you're a couple of years older realizing how easy everything was and how good you had it when you were 17 yeah from from 17 to 20 or 21 rather sorry I love the line, uh, you're locked in your own excuse, the circle's getting smaller every day, you're busy planning the next 50 years. It's really interesting, it's like, as soon as you're confronted with reality, you get really, you get bogged down in the details of it, and yeah, it's really hard to keep that optimism and that, that feeling that you can really go out and change the world that you have when you're, you know, when you're 17. Quite possibly now more than ever, it feels like we have to make that decision when we're 18 and stick with it the rest of our lives. And, and unfortunately, our generation in particular is really kind of 
getting hammered over that, over the, the fact that how our parents did it and their parents did it, it's just not working for us anymore. Right, right. Sorry to get depressing on that one. No, no, but it's true. And, you know, the world that we were imagining existed when we were 17 doesn't really exist, at least yeah. in the same way that we thought that it did. And I think that to a certain extent, that's true for every generation, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, we, we, we have the peculiar difficulties of, of our own. Yeah, that's the dangers of nostalgia. But he was, what, 21 when he wrote this, right? I mean, if this came out in 69, so it was 21, 22. So he's not far removed from this at all. This is a straight up, this is how I feel kind of thing. And yet he's, to quote the song, wishing he was 17 at 21, it was a long time gone. Well, yeah, exactly. So he feels, he feels so far away from that, from that feeling. Uh-huh. It's a bit like wanting what he had, but, oh, it's like, um, it's like back to the family, kind of. Not being truly mm, happy on either bit. side. A little bit of the grass is greener. Yeah. Yeah, but even at 21, there's, like you said, planning the, the next 50 years, there's a... Fascinating, because we're literally 50 years on, right? Yeah, right, that's true. I mean, like, literally 50 years on Yeah, from then, right now. There's a dark, really depressing aspect to the idea that I'm depressed and bummed now at 21. I don't know that he's, de I, don't, I wouldn't say that he's depressed or, uh, you know, at, at that moment, but I do think that there's a, I think, I think it's like a sweet, a sweet nostalgia. Really? Oh, well, for 17, you're saying, for being 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, the, I mean, in terms of the depression, it feels it's because he'll never be 17 again. And he has the next 50 years to think about this and think like this. Right. That's all I got. That was more than I expected to talk about for 17, to be honest. So. I just looked up Cake Man. Oh, yeah. And uh, I don't think that this is necessarily relevant, but I did find an Urban Dictionary definition for Cake Man. Would you like to hear it? What kind of radio would this be if I said no? <laughs> Cake Man, a legendary man with wild eyes and a cake on his head. Upon seeing him, he will deny his presence and give away cake. Mm. Yeah, I, not much mm. there. Yeah. Could it be a Britishism from years ago? I have a definition for cake. <laughs> I think we need that. I think we need to know. I think this is going to be a good task for our listeners. If we have any listeners, particularly those of you in the UK, if you have any light that you can shed on the term cake man, what does that mean? Is it literally just a man who sells cakes? Is it just a baker? Is this like some kind of crazy Ian Anderson inside joke that a cake man was affecting someone in his life? Are we looking too hard into this? Is the answer right before our eyes? Are we the cake man, Nick? Is the cake man inside all of us? I am the cake man. We were the cake man all along. We were the, it was I! <laughs> it was I who baked the cakes! <laughs>
Yeah, I, I really, I really don't know. I definitely don't think it's as simple as it, a dude who bakes cakes. It's got to be, it's got to be some sort of Britishism that it feels like the man, to be honest. I think it literally just might be. Is it okay? Okay, go go with me, Nick, on this. Lend me some sugar. I am your neighbor. Is it possible that he had a a friend who had a crush on a local baker and was thus affected by the cake man? We were 17, and the cake man was affecting you. But then I get lost on moving you to greater things in a lesser way you had to prove. There's so many internal clauses and... (laughs) Bakery obscure references in this, Nick. I, I I don't know what to do with them. Baked good themes. I'll tell you why my mind went there. May I tell you a quick anecdote? I want nothing more. When I lived for a brief time in Italy, one of my fellow students was, and still is, really a um, a gourmand in in the true truest sense of the word. He's he's really easily seduced by by gastronomical appearances by gas by gastronomical phenomenon and and being in italy <laughs> wait, you know, wait, wait, there's a wait, lot can we, can, we can't just glance past gastronomical phenomenon well he certainly couldn't fair enough continue and being in italy you know there's a lot to be there's a lot to be affected by if you're looking to be affected by by cake men sure but there was a bakery near the school and they were famous for this kind of fried dough thing, a little bit like a donut called a bambolone. And so my friend became obsessed with these, with these bambolone. And he knew the schedule of when they would be baked during the week because they're best really fresh, like oh, fresh, sure. fresh out of the oven. And he would go there. He would, he would arrange his schedule around going down to the bakery to get these bambolone. And there was a girl who worked there who he had a crush on. Named Helen Cakeman? No. I, no, I, I don't know what her name was. And she clearly liked him because every time he went in there to get the bambolone, she would smile at him and give him an extra bambolone. So maybe that's... She would give him special treatment. Maybe he just knew that, and that's why he scheduled his time to be there. Because he would get the extra bambolone? Yeah. Well, that was part of it. Oh. <laughs> we, all said, we all said to him, like, dude, why don't you ask out the bambolone girl? She clearly likes you. She gives you extra bambolone. And he said <laughs> he was, like, terribly lonely. He desperately wanted a girlfriend. You know, he really wanted to be. And he was, you know, he's a very handsome guy. But he didn't have a lot of confidence at, at that moment. He said, um... He said, well, I, I would ask her out, but I don't want to mess up my bambolone relationship. <laughs> the man knows his priorities. and Absolutely. Absolutely. We certainly cannot hold that against him. I have heard the term bambolone more in the last five minutes than I than you ever will again ever cared to much less <laughs> ever will again bambolone it's a very fun phrase what does it translate to bambolone it's uh it's just the name of what it is it's not like tiny little fluffy dough ball or anything like is that is it a diminutive of bum- bumble 
Of Bumble? No. It might come from the word bomb, actually. Oh, sure. Because it puffs up as it bakes kind of thing? Maybe. Or, or because it's like, a, it's like a bomb in your mouth? I have my doubts about that one. Okay. I'm going to be honest. It is like a round, it is like a round, um, it's like a round thing. Are you Googling it right now? I sure am. It is an Italian filled donut similar to a Berliner, a Krofni, etc. It's eaten as a snack food and dessert. The pastry's name is etymologically related to bomba, bam. Ah, and the same boom. type of pastry is also called bomba. Right. Bomba. It is probably overdue to the resemblance to a grenade or old-fashioned bomb and may today possibly also be regarded as a reference to the very high calorie density of the recipe. Right. So really, if it's coming from the word bomba, then a bombolone would be a, a, a big bomb. A oh, that's the... Big, like a, a bomb. Yeah, like a big bomb. the opposite of diminutive? Superlative. Superlative. Yeah. Superlative. The biggest bomb. Yeah. So I think the cake man is the man. We were 17 and the cake man was affecting you, moving you to greater things in a lesser way. So let's get rid of the inner lesser way. Moving you to greater things you had to yeah, prove. Take out the claws. Take out the claws. I think it's saying like it is the overall idea of the man because everybody else is doing this and to be quote unquote successful, you have to fall in line and do the things that everybody else makes, that everybody else considers successful. Even though those are in a lesser way. Exactly. Those are lesser. Exactly it. it. Yeah. yeah. Even though huh. you... Ooh, and cake is a slang for money. Is it? Yeah. Gotta, yo, I gotta go make some cake. I gotta go bake a couple cakes. No, no, not that. You're making all of this up. No, dough. no, no, no. I've no. heard dough. Yeah, dough, cake. Cake is a batter, not a dough. <laughs> You're... <laughs> Well, whatever. Now I we're getting into baby. semantics. No, no, but listen. No, no. Cake, cake is a. I gotta make. I gotta make my cake. Yeah, it's a cake gig. You never heard that? That's like cake meaning easy. It's easy as cake. Easy money. <laughs> easy money. Yeah, it's cake. My my pockets are full of cake. <laughs> you can keep making up phrases. It's not gonna make me believe you. Lend me a lend me a slice of cake so I can pay my bills. No, it is. It is. Oh, man, that cake looks delicious. Do you have any cake for that cake? <laughs> it is a slang for money. The money man, yeah. The cake man. The dough man. I begrudgingly believe you. Yeah, the slang is a, is a mysterious and, and um, wide world. That it is. Join us on our other podcast, Bake Cake to Me, <laughs> for a further discussion of this topic. It's just 45 minutes of silence and then like a kitchen timer dings at the end. Wait, cake slang for money. Look, cake <laughs> slang. I believe you. Slang turn. Oh, oh dear. Never mind. Uh, it apparently means something else in certain, in the usage by certain hip hop artists. Oh, well, certainly wouldn't know anything about that. So I think we're safe. It means the beep on a beep, beep. Oh, okay. Don't worry. I'll, I'll beep those out. <laughs> and now they think that we, that you actually said it. Yeah. Anything else about seventeen? Um. Sorry, I'm I'm so distracted by this cake tangent, this this cake tangent.
17. What a great song and and what a great way to end this album. Really this is this is so exciting in terms of where we've gotten to. I can't wait to get into the next album. The next album is Benefit, which the tastiest wow. of cakes. It is the bumbalone of the albums. As much as I don't really like 17, like it's a great button to this album. It really is. It is. It matches the energy. It really drives yeah. forward and, it, and it, it's it's a great closer. It really is. It's backward looking and forward looking at the same mm-hmm. time like the Roman god Janus. That's exactly what I was thought. I, you know, originally I thought this song was called Janus. You did not. I didn't. You're right. You know that. Omen, if, if this, oh no, no, give me a, give me a Janus fact. Go. Did you know that Janus actually has 17 faces, but only two of them can be seen in our dimension? Are you you still there, Nick? I did know that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what were you going to say? If this song were a coming-of-age moment, if this song were a Bildungsroma, what would it be? A Bildungsroma? What is that? It's a... a French or German term in literature for a coming of age tale. How do you how do you how do you spell it? B i l d u n g s r o m a n. Buildings Roman. Yeah. Oh. It's like I believe Catcher in the Rye is a Buildings Roman. Oh. You know all the stuff that we read in high school, basically. Whoa. Hamlet? No, probably not Hamlet. You know what's really weird? What is? I looked up um, the definition for Bild- Bild- Bildungsroman. Yeah, I think it's German, so the, the N is not... The N, the N is hit. But the test sentence that it gives you is, the book is a Bildungsroman of sorts, as Tull overcomes his abused childhood and learns about love. What could that be a reference to? What's, what book has Tull in it? Jethro Tull, the book. The book. So if this were a, a Bildungsroman... If it were a coming-of-age moment, like the things that you look forward to when you're a teenager, like being able to vote, being able to buy alcohol, moving out of the house, yeah. what, what would this be? I remember looking forward to those things. I, and I still can't wait for that to happen. <laughs> I feel like this is the... It's so hard because I feel like this song isn't about the coming-of-age. It's about the just-before-coming-of-age. It's like the fantasy of what your life is going to be before you actually of age come. So it's the most... Oh, wait, wait, I got it. I got it. Okay. I got it. It is the hot, hazy summer after you graduate high school, but before you go on to university or your gap year or your first job. So it's the the anticipatory. It's the makeout summer. So I was thinking it. It's when you get your driver's permit, but not your license. So you still have to have your parents in the car oh. to drive it anywhere. Ooh, that's awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yours feels more feels more free. Like the song feels more free than my suggestion. Do you remember when I totaled my mom's Subaru? I do. It was winter. You impaled it on like a fence or something, right? Yeah, a milepost. Yeah. Straight through the radiator. It was, <laughs> it was very bad. No one was hurt, fortunately. But um, I had taken my test to get my permit, not my license, 
But I, it was so recently before that accident that I didn't even have like the laminated like plastic permit. I had the piece of paper that they print out of a little box. Oh wow! At your driving test to be like, mm-hmm. this is your quote permit, unquote quote. Yeah, until it comes in. Until they mail it to you. Yeah. And. I've never seen you drive a car after that, actually. Uh, no. <laughs> I've uh, I've never been allowed to. No, that's that's not that's not true. I'm a I'm a fairly good driver. I mean, but everyone thinks that, don't they? I mean, yeah, yeah. They're all wrong. So I think that wraps it up for seventeen, right? Yes. Nick. Yes, Omen. What's, what's, oh, what, please insert new data pad. No, I was going to ask you, (laughs) I was going to ask you, like, what is a fond memory of yours of being 17? Uh, probably doing feckless mom stuff. What were we doing at that time? Was that when we did Shakespeare in the Park? We did Casey's Cottage. We did Shakespeare in the Park. We did yeah. We did the Moms, the the Mummers. Right, 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 right. Yeah. We did the the Mercutio Tybalt fight with <laughs> with long balloons, didn't we? With long balloons and wet rags. Wet rags. We did we did a, a wet rag fight. That's true. Yep. Yeah, people loved that. That was so good. I had the VHS for that. I don't know. I don't think I have that anymore. It's a shame. If we ever get it, we will publish it on our website for certain. Oh, gosh, it has to. It has to be. Yeah. Well, Nick? That is it for stand-up. Yeah. We are both going through some pretty exciting transitional periods in our lives right about now. I am moving. I'm buying a house and moving. And I'm finally hitting puberty. And you are hitting puberty, and you're going to get your license. Yeah, finally. <laughs> so the the next No, I'm going off, I'm off to do summer stock. Yeah, you're going to be touring and 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 doing some exciting theater stuff. So that means that for the rest of June mm-hmm. and all of July, That's we're right. going to have we're going to have little little tastes of tall, little little dashes, little pinches of tall yeah. scattered throughout those months. Just little snippets to keep you... An amuse-bouche of tall, if you will. An amuse-touche. Nope. Oh, that's something very, very different, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Just to keep in... To stay in your feed, keep on top of your your stuff. We're going to chime in every now and then with some some fun little five-minute kind of monologues. Just talking probably extempore. And uh, we will be back to begin Benefit. In August. What a great time to begin benefit, Nick. I mean, it is beneficial in August. Mm, no, mm-hmm. I lost it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, August is benefit. Mm. Mm. So, don't make me have so, a benefit here. So, so stay tuned. We'll come back to you with a couple of spots here, here and there throughout the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and then the first Tuesday in August, August sixth, we will be back. In the meantime, if you miss us terribly, please 
record for us a story about how Jethro Tull has affected your life, your favorite memories of Jethro yeah. Tull, and send them in to us. Yeah, moms at fecklessmoms.com. That would be awesome. Yeah. And if you do so, please, you don't have to give us a name, but you do have to give us permission to play it if you do like it, would, would like it heard. So yeah, that would be great. That'd be really nice, actually. I would, I would love to hear those, and we will, we could definitely throw some up on the podcast during some tastes of tull. And then we'll be back in August, full force. Break time will be over. No rest for you after that. That's right. We're gonna dive right into benefit and get into the really, the really meaty bits, at least for for the albums that you and I really, really got started with and and really touched on. Benefit's very special, I think, to, to both of us, and I'm, I'm really excited to get into it. I think that's the, the album that you and I bonded on with Tull. Absolutely. Yeah. That was one. Yeah, well, well, we're getting ahead of ourselves now, but yes. Getting a month and a half ahead of ourselves. So yeah, stay tuned. Uh, you can always go back and listen to old content. I, listen, I, I re-listen to our stuff regularly. And swing on over to the other Feckless Moms podcast, Random Encounters. We'll be putting those out regularly on Mondays, Monster Mondays. Those are a fun little diversion as well. Give us a 17-star rating on iTunes. Yep, 17 stars, dispersed accordingly. Yeah. And uh, rate, review, subscribe, come on back next week, and we will talk to you then. One of us will, surely, possibly, maybe. Don't be mean, 17. Don't forget the cake, man. <laughs> I'm Nick McGill. I'm Omen Said. And we are Feckless Moms. And this is Talk Tall to Me. Talk Tall to Me is a proud member of the Feckless Moms Audio Network. I am the Cake Man. And I approve this message. Bumbalone!